You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Abby. And I'm Vanessa. And you're listening to The Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly podcast where we recap your favorite Bravo shows in 30-ish minutes or less. And before we dive into Vanderpump and New Jersey, uh, there's no Atlanta this week or next week. They're taking a little bit of a break. We want to spend some time discussing some OC drama as we are still waiting for contracts to come out. But on Friday, we found out an OG left. And then Saturday, another orange has fallen from the tree and is not going to be on the next season. I mean, what do you think about Vicky? is gone. She said she's done. And based on some of her comments and tweets, it sounds like she felt like she was very wronged by Andy at the uh, reunion for the last season and that she should have quit years ago. And Tamara's now gone too, among rumors that she was offered a limited role. I am thrilled. I'm so glad that they're doing this, that they've left, that they're forced in that corner in that position to leave OC, we've talked about it last week in our bonus episode with Kate Casey. It really, really needs a shakeup. I mean, my big thing, and again, we discussed this, so please listen to that episode because it's great. But all those women are in such different life stages. It's so hard as a viewer to connect. You have Bronwyn, who has kids of all ages. Kelly Dodd has a teenager. Gina has younger children and then you have the grandmas and Tamara. (laughs) Seriously grandmas. It's just kind of a lot and it's really hard to really find it authentic so I think it's needed and honestly Vicky like Andy gave you a little tribute post. Tamara didn't even get that and for her to have the tweets that she's been putting out talking about how the show's done without her that they should cancel it and all this stuff I'm like girl don't bite that hand that feeds you even though you're done. You wouldn't have the life you have without Andy Cohen and Bravo. I agree. I mean, the fact that she's saying she was wrong by Andy, he should have stood up for her more at the reunion. I don't know. I think she's crazy. I'm glad they're gone. I think they should have been gone a few seasons ago, to be honest. Uh, I know there's a lot of people out there who actually like Tamara. She stirs the pot. I will say that. I I think Kelly Dodd, though, you can make an argument that she's not afraid to start a fight, say what she's feeling. Gina can be a little unpredictable. So you have some of that, that Tamara, you know, would just sometimes like straw that broke the camel's back and go crazy. Emily's showing that she's got great clapbacks now with her Twitter and her posts. And I think she is getting a little bit more confident in the Real Housewives role and who she is. And I think she's going to have a breakout next season. Bronwyn has been amazing. I truly believe that Vicky 
and Tamara and honestly Shannon, the three of them together were just bringing it down. It was they were boring. They were repeating storylines. Are they friends? Are they not? Are they still mad at each other? Are they, you know, over one another? Is everything okay? I just think it's boring and it's time to get rid of them. I don't think Shannon has a full, like, is a full housewife carrying an orange, though. Do you? No, I think she'll be a friend of, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if she's gone, too. But I I think she needs the money, probably. Given all her legal issues that she shared last season, I think she probably would need the money. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't heard too much about her meals, uh, you know, lighting up what was it qvc she was really did really good the first time uh, i haven't heard too much of it since then so I, obviously we wish her well in her business endeavors but i think it's probably time for her to leave the housewives i don't, i just don't think she'll be that missed and i think they're going to bring in some fresh blood which is really exciting we talked to kate casey about that she knows some of the women that are being considered and she thinks they would be excellent additions uh like we said with kate it just it's hard to relate to these women that originally started as they were young moms or moms of kids and you were watching them juggle life between being social and going out and being a wife and you know raising these kids and just everything that went along with it. I don't know, once they become a grandma, it's not that exciting. Sorry to the grandmas out there. You're great, but it's not the best TV. Well, it's it should be more of like a Grace and Frankie, like a real life Grace and Frankie, yes. not Housewives. It's just a completely different show. Absolutely. So that is what's going on in Orange County. Contracts still have not been confirmed. So we're waiting to see who's in. We did see some stories in which there were camera crews outside of Kelly Dodd and Bronwyn's house. So I think it's safe to assume that they are back and they live near one another. So it would make sense that the camera crews would be kind of setting up uh, around those two. I believe they're just like down the street now that Bronwyn has moved. So stay tuned. We'll keep you posted. Uh, But now it is time to go into Vanderpump Rules. And before we do that, just like I do with my two and a half year old, I will warn him if if I feel like his behavior is not what it should be, if he is not listening. And uh, I let him know that the next consequence for his actions will be a timeout. So Vanderpump Rules, this is my official notice and warning to you. If you don't pick it up, if it stops, if you continue with this fakeness, if you don't stop the horrible editing and pickups that are so obvious, we're going to put you in timeout and we're not going to cover you anymore. So with that, (laughs) uh, here we go. Um, One person who I will forever support on Vanderpump Vanderpump Rules, no matter what, is Stassi's brother, Nikolai. He has always been maybe the smartest wisest person out of this cast and i believe he's 13 or 16 now i love every time he's on the screen i think his interactions with stassi are entertaining it's amusing it's it's fun to see the relatives like tom schwartz when his brother comes like it's fun to see the other sides of these people that we've seen on tv for many many years and they bring a different side to them so i love the side that nikolai brings out in stassi and I love watching her listen to his advice. You can definitely tell they're close. It feels like they talk pretty often. Her and her mom have been pretty rocky and up and down, but it does seem like she has a close relationship with her brother, probably much closer than Charlie's relationship with pasta. I think that's the most outrageous thing. She said she's never even had Kraft macaroni and cheese because she thinks that's what makes people fat. That is bullshit. I, As mothers she, of toddlers, yeah. your kid has eaten 
She fucking you lived on it. that shit when she was two years old. Come on, Charlie. You might have made the decision since you were 10 or 12 that you're not going to eat pasta. I I think it's really weird to say that. I also, it makes me a little nervous for her. I'm not trying to diagnose her. I'm not a psychologist. But I feel like people who have such strong statements about food and eliminate an entire food group usually are people who've had some issues with food. It seems a little triggering almost in a way for her. Like when it was asked about pasta, she's like, I don't eat it. That's it- what makes people that was so dumb and even Jax I think Jax Lala and I'm trying to think of who else commented on it and they're like she's full of shit like that's not even true I mean I guess Charlie you did one thing you got out our got our attention because otherwise I wouldn't give two shits about who you are so you grabbed our attention at least for this week she's like the poor man Sheena she really is I think they truly casted like the spinoffs of what the cast used to be and it's really easy to align who is who uh, but I will say though, even though she's the poor man, Sheena, and we said this last episode, I'm really enjoying Sheena this season. I think she's entertaining. She's a little much. I think once you take Sheena for who she is ridiculous with the Apple watch that she bought Max, it's kind of like, you can, okay, I can enjoy you. Cause you're kind of poking fun at yourself. Are you being ridiculous with Dana? Yes. But again, I, I find you a little entertaining. It's interesting to me that she really hasn't filmed with the rest of the cast and she's really the only glue to the newbies, but I found it entertaining, especially when she confronted Max. What are your thoughts about that? I loved it. I wish she would have said to the other guys though, that he, told her where he was and she showed the receipts later after the episode because he made it seem like she crashed and came out of nowhere and she's like no he knew I was coming but I loved when he said you know you just got attached to me so quickly and it came out of nowhere and she's like out of nowhere and she starts reading all of the texts that he sent to her and I think every woman everywhere whether you love Sheena or not have to applaud her for doing that because I hate when men say on TV shows or just men in general, like women are crazy. You know, we take you on one date and you're planning a wedding. It's because you tell, tell us stuff like over and over again, you're the best girl I've ever dated. You're so smart. I can see a future with you. You're beautiful. And I love the scene where they just, all of the texts were popping up. It was like a pop-up text video. It was unbelievable. I applaud Sheena for it because it needed to be done. She put him in his place and he deserved it. It was great, but I so wish the other guys were there to see it. I hope they saw it and, like, watched the episode. Because I know sometimes they'll say, like, I hate watching myself. I never watch an episode. I feel like Jack sometimes, like, I never watch it. But uh, I'm sure he does. And I hope he did see it. Because I think every man needs to watch that scene. I think it was very empowering for women out there who have been called crazy, knowing that it was a man that drove them to that. On the flip side, though, <laughs> she knows plastic bananas. <laughs> it was, uh, we who who buys plastic bananas? So all the newbies are over at Sheena's house getting their sir dress hemmed because it was too long. So they want their asses, ass cheeks basically falling out. But while they're talking about it, they're also, there's plastic bananas in her kitchen. And they were like, obviously, like, of course, it goes sexual very quickly, which is as much as anyone's like, oh, that's so trashy. I'm pretty sure if I was sitting at a friend's house and she had plastic bananas, I would be doing similar things. I just don't understand. Bananas don't go bad that quickly. And if you can't keep fruit alive, don't put like, don't put the fruit basket out. Put a fake plant there or something. It's just so weird to me that you would have plastic bananas of all things. And they looked really fake. 
They looked really, really fake. Girl, we might have to post in our stories and ask Sheena why plastic bananas and see if she gives us a response. <laughs> I bet she would. I feel like she would. I have faith in her. We'll put it out there, Sheena. Give us your answer. But I think the highlight of the episode was really this fight that was, you could see semi-brewing between Stasi and Sandoval. We might later learn that that fight was way more staged than we thought. But Stasi is ending her book tour at TomTom. She asked Lisa if she could do it. Lisa gave, their, gave her the okay. Then she started working with Schwartz on planning it. They did a run through. They were going through everything. Schwartz told Sandoval there's going to be 50 or 60 people there. This is what we're doing. And uh, the night, the, the boys night where, you know, Max made it sound like Sheena crashed for a little bit. It sounds like Sandoval had a little too much to drink. And then some bartenders start bailing on the event and they're short staffed. And instead of, you know, texting his business partner or texting other employees and thinking like, what can we do? He lays into Stasi and basically says like, I'm going to kick you out of Tom Tom. If you ever try something like this again, and he never apologized. She ended up confronting him for it. And I don't, I just, it was really odd how quickly he got mad at her. And I was a little disappointed that Ariana was supporting and standing by Sandoval for being a little bit of a diva. I mean, the Black Widow, I don't know if what type of poison he <laughs> got into his head from that spider bite that he got. But it was really, really dumb. And honestly, he should be, I personally, I think I'm kind of bummed that the fight took away this moment from Schwartzy because Schwartzy over the years is given the reputation that he can never meet his commitments. And here he was kind of like stepping up, figuring it out, getting everything ready with Stassi. He was like very professional. And I felt like this shit on his parade a little bit. And I'm glad he kind of um, stuck his guns with Tom as well, but it was a really, really dumb fight. And Abby kind of alluded to this already, but Thanks to our good friend, Moni, at Mixing with Moni. She shared that the women of the bitch sesh were present during filming and that the whole fight was pretty much staged and redone four times. So what we saw was really a reenactment and it probably got more and more dramatic each time. I'm sure each person when they were reshooting was told to yell more and say this and do that. It just, I keep hearing these things, and I feel like we have not heard this in seasons past. It's hard to know if we're hearing this because it's becoming more scripted and more fake, or are we hearing this because it's always been this way, but now social media is just so much more present. You really can't get away with doing anything at Tom or Sir without the world seeing it. I don't know what the, what the reason is, but this season is coming across as very scripted and very fake, and it makes me sad. I loved Vamper, Vanderpump Rules. I was so excited for a new season with everybody growing up and engagements happening and a wedding to plan with Brittany and Jax. And it's just been such a dud. Absolutely. I've always been, Vanderpump has always been my favorite Bravo show and it's sadly becoming one of my least favorite and it's starting to feel like Hills 2.0. That, that's actually like you hit the nail on the head. It's the Hills. Um, and we're going to find out at the end this the background's going to drop and we'll see Brody <laughs> walk off into the sunset. Um, actually, they should put Brody on Vanderpump Rules. That would be kind of <laughs> interesting. He's single. That would actually be very interesting. And he's a DJ. He could kind of give uh, James Kennedy some competition. Actually, speaking of James, we need more James Kennedy. 
he's been like basically non-existent. I don't know what's going on, but they talked about how this is like the season of change and growth for James. And we really don't see him that often. And also, isn't Raquel working at SAR? Yeah. Uh, amongst seen, 15 yeah. other people. Yeah. I haven't seen her work a shift. So um, Vanderpump, again, your this is your warning. If this week's episode is bad, you could face a, a timeout in a few weeks. But a season or a city that never fails to deliver, New Jersey. This trip, I actually loved it. I think the dynamics of all the women together were great. There were so many funny moments, so many cringe moments. But that, I think, is what makes New Jersey so special is they say the things to each other that you're thinking, but you would never say out loud. I think the best part, though, was when Marge was trying to describe to Teresa why just because someone doesn't do something wrong to you they could still be a bad person you don't want to associate with and Marge said I don't love Charles I, no Charles Manson never did anything to me but I'm not going to invite him over to my house and Teresa legitimately had no clue who Charles Manson was <laughs> I mean I hope she didn't google afterwards but <laughs> it was it was pretty comical and I mean it was it was a good a good effort on Marge's part, but it kind of fell flat. But that whole dynamic between the two of them, I mean, it seems like by the end of the episode, Marge and Teresa seemed to be okay, but whew, it was a little rough there in the beginning. It was rough, and it's hard to see because I think they're both such great women. I really do. I think Teresa is a very strong but uh, loving loyal person and I think Marge is the same way she can be very strong um, but also you know has moments where you see a softer side of her but she is extremely loyal extremely compassionate so I think they're very similar and I like that they're at least making up a little bit and their friendship's going to be okay because I've always enjoyed the two of them together same with like Dolores and Marge uh, I would never want to see them having issues because I think they have a, a genuine authentic friendship me too. And not even speaking of friendships, but just speaking of shots, I think there's a lot of Jennifer Aiden moments in this episode. One of them being her pouring those Patron shots into those champagne flutes. Did that make you want to vomit? Because it oh, did for me. Like thinking about it, my stomach's turning. I First of all, I am one of those people that it's really hard for me to do tequila. I did tequila a lot in college and if it is not chilled and a really good tequila, I'm not trying to be a snob, but it's got to be like Casa Amigas up there, like high quality tequila. If I smell cheap tequila, I will gag a little. If you buy me a shot of it and I try to take it, it is like an instant vomit reaction for me, even if I've had nothing to drink all night. So watching those be poured, and again, it was good tequila, but it was but two shots worth in a champagne flute. It was. I was like, dang, and they've all been drinking, and this is before dinner. So great, which is probably why she ran her mouth at dinner. I'm so glad she did this. So we get to the dinner, and before Jennifer, I think, has one of my favorite housewife moments because it was, I felt like I just wanted to put, like, at the same time, I wanted, to tell her, I wanted her to shut up, and at the same time, I wanted to tell her to keep going. But before we got to that, Joe calls Teresa, which he always calls her at, I'm sure that some of this is a little scripted and planned, but he calls her at the weirdest times and he's never nice to her. Like, I just think, just start calling your daughters. Like, don't call Teresa if you're just going to be a dick to her. 
But I'm understanding why she announced the divorce when she did and before the season picked up because there's not a single viewer out there that in watching these interactions would have believed that they were going to try to make it even with him being deported. Oh, not at all. And I actually kind of appreciate, I feel like Teresa can be so guarded with her emotions and is very much as Dolores says, old school Italian and doesn't kind of talk about every, doesn't really address the white elephant and what everyone, not the white elephant, the elephant, <laughs> what everyone see is seeing. She kind of usually brushes it off. So I was actually gave her props for acknowledging like, yeah, it sucks. And if it wasn't for our kids, I would not be with him. And we might be getting divorced. Like I was, that was refreshing to see from Teresa. I don't wish her situation upon anyone, but it was just refreshing for her to just kind of admit it. And all the women like support her and say, don't let him feel like you owe him. You, he owes you. These are all the things that you've done for your family and for your kids and the things that you've continued to do. And it was, I I think it was really nice to see. Uh, But then tequila jennifer strikes and the prenup comes up like you know something about the prenup with joe and Teresa, and melissa says she learned something interesting about jackie and jackie was the one who told her husband evan that he had to get a prenup because of her family money and i have never seen someone light up like jennifer did when she was like you have family money like it was Like she became instantly attracted to Jackie, wanted to know everything. Jennifer was asking the most inappropriate questions, but the questions that all of us were like, well, I want to know how many properties do you have? How much money are you making on it? Like how, you know, who, whose idea is it to do this? And you know, why, you know, why do you have this money and all this? I mean, she asked it all and it was pretty good. It was good, but for me, it was very cringeworthy to watch. I thought, like, at first, okay, ha, ha, ha. But when she was kind of, like, asking, like, the nitty-gritty between her relationship and, like, the money there, it was, like, kind of like, oh, my God, you're you're making me break out in hives because don't, just don't, you don't talk about that stuff. But, I mean... Then on one hand, it's Jennifer, and she's pretty too true to what she it, who she is. But it was cringeworthy. But honestly, I think the moment to me that was even the most cringeworthy was the video that she sent of Jackie's house to her husband. I mean, she showed the whole thing. She's like, "Here's the family room. I want to show you the kitchen." She basically, if if Jackie ever needs to sell that Hampton house, just ask Jennifer for that footage and post that on Zillow, and it will sell right away. I mean, we got the full tour. More so than we did even on camera from the production crew through that that uh, video for her husband. I, it was a little odd to me, and I loved Melissa's uh, Willy Wonka thing. Like, well, if she has a beach house, I want a beach house, Dottie. Like, it was very much like, no one's going to have something I don't have. I'm Jennifer Aiden. And then, of course, she kept alluding to, like, I think I'm going to buy a house here. You know, you know real, a good real estate agent? I think I'm going to buy a beach house. I, though, didn't like that. I thought it was cringy watching her. I thought it was entertaining and good TV, though. But I didn't like that she then twisted that and turned it into, well, if she has all this money, why doesn't she spend more? Why doesn't she do this? And then brought up the kid's birthday party. And for those who maybe haven't listened religiously, we talked about how much we love the fact that she did the birthday party that all of us do. That's pizza and a very easy goodie bag because kids don't care. And all you want to do is just make your kids happy. 
I, I just thought it was really inappropriate then that Jennifer was discussing with Marge how bad the birthday party was and that she should have spent more because now she knows she has the money. I also thought the point she was trying to make was really, really dumb. I mean, she kept insulting like the food and like even at her own house, she's like, she should be with a guest hosting. Like she should have all this freaking food. And it's like, okay, that doesn't make, just because someone didn't spend food and bought like platters and platters of things doesn't necessarily, doesn't make them cheap or stingy in Jennifer's words. I, I just felt like the argument she was trying to make didn't even make sense. And honestly, too, I thought like as you watched the episode and I kind of knew this going into it before I had watched, but you see Jennifer's perspective of Jackie change just because she has money, which is also kind of like a disheartening. That's probably why Jackie really didn't want to say anything for a while in front of these women, because she she doesn't choose to buy, you know, lavish cars. Unless she did just get a Tesla, but she was driving a minivan for a while. She was a practical mom. Her house is very, very nice, but it's not 16 bathrooms, the best view. And um, where do they live? She was basically saying that like her, uh, that Jennifer was saying her view from her house is a Paramus. It's the, the highest house in all of Paramus. And she has the best view that could compete with, you know, a, a tropical sunset anywhere. I, I just, I think there was a good point to be made too, that Melissa was saying, you know, she's a saver and she's investing and She's not spoiling her spoiling her children because she doesn't feel like she has to. And I didn't think it was fair for her way she spends or doesn't spend and the way she decides to do things for her kids and, you know, give them things that maybe Jennifer does. I don't think it was fair to judge it and almost imply like she was a bad mom because she didn't want her kids to have a better party. Yeah, no, it's it's so dumb. Like, ugh, it's like. You know, when you think about your life, you don't think about the frivolous things in it. You know, like when I think about my favorite moments in life, it doesn't necessarily because I had the nicest cake at a birthday party or whatever it may be. It's just it's so vapid. But at the same time, like you said, it makes for good TV. It does. And obviously, this is something that Jennifer Jennifer feels very differently about. She is very over the top. She will spend on anything. If it has Chanel on it, she's buying it and wearing it. So, the, I mean, they have very different opinions on it. And I think Teresa and Melissa, when they um, were shopping with Jackie, hit the nail on the head when they said, this is old money versus new money. Jennifer has admittedly said she grew up poor, didn't have a lot of things. I don't know if she came into this money because when her family like moved over or if it's because, um, you know, because marrying a plastic surgeon, but obviously now she has a different situation in life and she's intrigued by those who have money and ask all the questions she shouldn't is spending and very showy with it where typically people with old money they don't feel the need to show up show it off or spend crazy because they know they have money and they don't really need the whole world to know uh, it, it was a really good description of new money versus old money what i didn't like though is just uh then marge felt the need to immediately tell jackie about it yeah, that was a little shady of her to like immediately tell her. She could have at least waited for Jennifer to have been there. I mean, if you're going to say it, say it in front of Jennifer's face. No one's going to find that funny. <laughs> if I'm being called stingy, I don't think I would laugh at it. No, it's not a joke. It, it not at all. It, it wasn't a ten This wasn't like a Jennifer sense of humor that was misread. Like it was, it, it was meant to be rude. I don't understand though how quickly then... It, 
And this is what Jennifer does. Like she is tequila Jennifer. How quickly then, because Melissa was saying, you know, Jackie's winning in life because we're all spending thousands on our kids' birthday parties when we could be putting it into their college. And when her kids grow up, they're going to have it made because all this money has been saved and invested. And I think she was just trying to be nice and basically say, we all spend our money the way we want to. And that's our choice to make. We shouldn't be judged for it. But Jennifer gets very, very upset and then like starts just like throwing shit at Melissa. And I don't really understand that. Like, it was kind of like from Anchorman. We're like, well, that escalated quickly. Like, I didn't understand how all of a sudden we went from Jennifer and Jackie exchanging Melissa sticking up for Jackie to like a full blown fight now between Melissa and Jennifer. Well, I think it was because she called her bitch. I think Melissa said, okay, listen, bitch, like calm down. And her explanation, Melissa's explanation was very much, okay, bitch. Like she, I don't think she meant bitch and like, Hey, you bitch. It was more like, listen, bitches, like calm down. She is a saver, blah, 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 blah. I think Jennifer heard bitch and then went off. And I mean, I'm sure it's going to be nothing. It was like on their fight last year where a glass was broken and it looked like it was going to be a big deal and then nothing happened. But of course we get a to be continued. And uh, I think this is going to be an interesting trip. I, I don't know what it is, but there's something about Melissa Gorga and Jennifer Aiden that if they are not in the greater New Jersey area, they want to like physically fight each other. They did this on the trip last year. I like it, but it's usually pretty quick. And then they're the that what makes it. And I hate I always feel weird saying enjoyable, but fuck it, you guys are our people. <laughs> it, they tend to make up quickly, though. It's not like a four episode where they hate each other. It's like they went off on each other and then they're fine. Or like a, a Vicky Gumbelson, where it's three seasons of being reminded of the way that she was wrong by saying that she was part of a cancer scam. I mean, she was still talking about it this year. So I I do like the fact that they will fight and then quickly resolve. Their fights are entertaining. Like you said, we hate saying it, but anyone who's a housewife, you know, die hard like we are, knows that the fights kind of are the best part of some of the vacations. And Jennifer just goes quick, crazy quickly. And Melissa doesn't look like she's going to back down this time. I don't think they're going to physically fight one another, but I I do think they're going to get right, very close and right up in each other's faces. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. And I would find that fight, although maybe like a little stage in the sense, I don't know. I would find that fight hard to believe that they would film four times Vanderpump. Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be hard to replicate it because like stuff was thrown and people's reactions, but I don't know, maybe they, maybe they did. It did seem, it definitely felt a little bit more real and authentic. I will say, like, after finding out about the Vanderpump thing, there are parts where it felt really choppy. Like, you see Stassi saying, like, how dare you? And then they cut to Sandoval. There weren't too many times where you saw them, like, the shot where it was both of them in the scene together. And this scene, it was all the women at, like, a picnic bench at this, like, outdoor beach restaurant. And they were all there. So I think it's really hard to make six people replicate something over and over, which would lead me to believe that it was a real fight. That's really how it happened. Absolutely. Well, this week we are not going to do a shout out. We are still, we are so stunned. Abby and I've been talking off air as much as housewives and things are fun distraction to thing to certain things. There was a tragedy today. Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi passed away suddenly, tragically in a helicopter crash. I think moments like that really make you sit back and think, reevaluate what's really important in life. I yeah, just, I'm, I mean, I have no words, honestly. It's, um, 
It's just, it's been like just awful. I feel like as more and more comes out, it's getting sadder and sadder. I don't think there's ever like a plane crash when everyone dies that there's ever like a positive from it. And I know um, these things are are just really disheartening. But the fact that it was Kobe Bryant, I was talking to Vanessa about how like I always thought he was so cool because he and the singer Brandy, if anyone remembers Brandy from the TV show Moesha, that was the short lived show. But they went to prom together. He was kind of like one of the first that we saw. He entered the NBA at such a young age and rose to fame and was just such a good athlete and such a hard worker. For a lot of us who are in our late twenties, mid thirties, he was really the first one we saw that had like a Michael Jordan esque sense to him so it's just so hard to think of him as gone because of the talent lost then when you learned his daughter was with him and then also on the helicopter they haven't released too many identities obviously they want to be respectful the families involved um we now know that there were nine people killed initially they said it was five um of those nine um two are kobe and his daughter and then three is uh the i'm going to probably say this wrong alto belly family um, they are, they were a family of five with a mother, a, a, a father, two daughters and a son. And um, both the parents and one of the daughters were also on that um, plane because they were all going to a basketball practice. Uh, so like my heart breaks for these two kids who just lost both parents and a sister in one day. I can't imagine what Vanessa Bryant is going through. She has a six month, seven month old at home and she's grieving the loss of her husband, her daughter. And then she has to be strong for her three other girls. I just, there's just nothing, nothing good about this. And I think it just reminds us though that we, no one, no matter how amazing, talented, wealthy you are, no one has promised another day. And I saw a lot of sports announcers saying, hug, you know, if your parents are alive, go hug them. If, you know, go hug your kids, go hug your spouse. Cause you just really never know what's going to happen in life. So quick. I mean, I've, we've been glued to it, the coverage today. And it, you just, I had so many emotions and even thinking about like my husband, every time he throws something in the trash can, he yells Kobe, which is reference to Kobe Bryant. So his legacy is huge. I, it's just heartbreaking. And I, really, really feel for his family and the other family and all the pain that they're feeling because I, it's unimaginable. Absolutely. Also, we will say uh, the Grammys were going on tonight at the Staples Center, which, you know, is, as uh, Alicia Keys said perfectly, the house that Kobe built, that's where he played for so many years. Uh, if, you know, if you're not a huge sports person, you probably still know who Kobe Bryant is, but if you look up at anything, I would highly recommend watching the tribute. Uh, Vanessa told me to watch it, and I was sobbing the whole time, of Alicia Keys and Boys to Men. They did a tribute to Kobe Bryant at the Grammys. Uh, and it just was so raw because obviously they weren't planning on doing that. No one knew this was going to happen today. So um, it was just very like raw and emotional, and I think it was a beautiful tribute to him. Yes. Well, that said, um, next week we will be taking a break for the Super Bowl. As you've heard, we're both huge Kansas City Chiefs fans. So we will be taking a break. And with that, we will catch you all next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too. 
but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are BODY. Start your free trial at BODY.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.